Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, it's time for a special edition of the Ty and Bob pod. Uh, We are not in raiding the Packers mode because the Green Bay Packers had a bye, Bob. Uh, But it's a pretty big football game this week. The San Francisco 49ers flying across the country to Lambeau Field to renew the rivalry. I'm sure you love those storylines, don't you? Renew the rivalry. That's a good one. Cowboys and 49ers were renewing the rivalry. You know, we mock it, but I am a sucker for nostalgia, and I love it when they show those old highlights from the 90s. I think it's awesome. Sign me up. So this will be fun. I like looking at the highlights that come on sometimes from Kizar Stadium in the 50s, Tyler. Wow. Kizar Stadium. Yeah, I drove by there a couple times, too. It's an awesome old place, yeah. <laughs> I, I liked Candlestick, too. I mean, I know the press box was, you mm-hmm. know, tiny, but the you could feel the history. And it <laughs> actually, it, it had it had an authentic feel. Um, yeah. Their, their new stadium, it's in the middle of Silicon Valley. It doesn't, it just does a weird location. It's not even close to San Francisco. I mean, that's no. all stadiums. Look at MetLife. It's just a concrete slab, you know, lifeless. <laughs> Uh, befitting the football team that plays there. Both of them. <laughs> I'm sure Joe Judge loved the fact that it was lifeless. He probably sucked more life out of there, you know? Yep. But uh, there's been some great Green Bay San Francisco games over the years. So we're going to get into some of those and share some memories. And Bob, you're going to do your scouting report. Like, oh, you know, there's been some subscribers wondering, um, where's the scouting? Where's the scouting report? They, they love it. Oh. They love it. So it's <clears> a good chance to kind of, dust off that and work those muscles that you've been wanting to work, huh? So I went back to the old way when I used to write the scouting report. I started that in 95 and I quit uh, when I joined the athletic in 2019. So I did the same routine I did um, all those years on these Niners, you know, and I've seen them personally probably eight or nine times. So, uh, so let's crank it up T I'll give you them again, memory at the end too. Definitely. I, th- we gotta, we gotta look back to the, some of those matchups and I think San Francisco was your Super Bowl pick, right? At go along. 
It was. And then the midseason pick was Green Bay. Wow. You really did a nice job there. We're kind of straddling well, the fence. I'm not going to say my midseason pick. It didn't didn't exist. So <laughs> we'll just forget about so, that. Uh, Raheem Moster was my rushing leader. He had four plays before he blew out his knee. That was good. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the McGinn kiss of death, as they call it, right? That's, <laughs> you had Nick Bosa MVP, I think. Yeah, I did. Raheem had two carries for 20 yards, 10.0. I got to think that leads the league, right? It, it has to be right it's up got there. to. <laughs> Man. Well, do you want to get right into the scouting or do you want to? No, well, let's, we could talk a little, a little bit. bit, you know. Okay. The game started at Green Bay minus four and a half, right? And now it's up to six with, I think, the Garoppolo shoulder injuries come to light. Um, uncertainty on Boza and the return of several Packer players. So, I mean, I've talked to a couple people and up there in Green Bay, and they just kind of think Green Bay is going to just roll. That they don't see this as a real tough opponent. Who and are at six point, now I'm not going to name any names, but um, <laughs> so. And, you know, Tyler, one big thing, I keep going to, back to turnover differential. And, um, I mean, let's face it, Green Bay was tied for third in the league at plus 13. And the 49ers were tied for 22nd at minus four. But just one playoff team with a worse mark than the 49ers, and that, the, that was the Raiders at minus nine. Another big thing, look at penalties. Green Bay at 678 yards. That's the fourth fewest in the league. The Niners are at 1,066. That's the third most. So there's a lot of things here that point to Green Bay, you know, and the weather. What's the forecast? I just looked at it on Saturday. High of 23, low of 2. Morning snow, 46%. The wind's at 16 miles an hour. So it's going to be cold as hell. So everything looks like, a, you know, a Green Bay walk. But I don't think so at all. This team okay. is really good. And um, let me just read something about the weather and the fans and all this. This was prior. Again, memory is going to be in that 2013 game when it was five degrees when Green Bay and San Francisco played at Lambeau. Here's what a scout said about uh, the, when I asked him about the frigid weather that was forecast. That was about four days before that game. Forget about that. Forget that they're from California. If you had the Saints coming in there with Drew Brees, you'd feel great. But the 49ers are built like a cold-weather team. As a matter of fact, they're built better than the cold-weather team. Now, this is with Harbaugh eight years ago. Um, they run the ball. They play great defense and special teams. So, you know, Green Bay is going to have to deal with what I consider to be four indomitable players, guys that you really have a problem turning back, and that's George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Kyle Juszczyk, and Nick Boza if he plays. Those kind of guys are fierce competitors, and everybody in Green Bay knows it. They've seen, uh, they've seen the five games with Shanahan against Green Bay. Shanahan is two and three in those games. One of them, I mean, he had Nick Mullins at quarterback last year. So they know, and I think when they – they don't really want to think about it, but these Niners are really dangerous right now. Um, we'll find out. We don't know about the Garoppolo injury and the Boza thing, and also uh, Warner, Fred Warner, the linebacker. You got any general thoughts before I get into positions, T? 
That was good stuff. I, I totally agree on those four players just being ass kickers, generally speaking, right? I mean, they just, yep. they're guys that you want in your foxhole through and through. And in that kind of, this kind of game with this kind of weather, it, they definitely give San Francisco a chance. I, I guess I'm having a tough time getting across the finish line with San Francisco just because I feel like what it, and those who have read go long way back, you know, it was actually after they lost to green Bay in that Sunday night game, the column that we had online was like, Jimmy Garoppolo is only going to take you so far. You know how good he is. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback. Clearly he's had his moments and the Rams win to, to get him in. He had some nice drives late and all that, but um, I just feel like, you know how this ends. And he's, if you, if he was mis, mistake free, if he was, you know, not throwing picks and not fumbling the ball and, and not so fragile in the pocket. He's kind of fragile. He's brittle. I, I'd, I'd say he's perfect because he's a veteran, but I feel like just, just if they would have ripped that bandaid off early in the season. Now look, look, I get it. They know Trey Lance better than we'll ever know Trey Lance. And I guess they don't think he's ready, but I, I feel like if they were willing to take that plunge with them earlier in the season, work through growing pains, they started like two and five anyways. It wasn't like they had this great start he would have turned a corner and he would have given you a shot similar to Colin Kaepernick, you know, in his second season, Kaepernick was just in his second season. He wasn't dissecting defenses with his brain. I mean, he was just running all over the place and, you know, gunning it with his big arm and killed green Bay. I feel like Lance could have had that same effect if they would have just turned that page earlier in the year. Um, You know, he's gives you a totally different playbook. He could run the ball 15 times. Can throw it a wide. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo misses a, a wide open Brandon Ayuk. That, that the end of that Cowboys game was, it was absurd, both ways. Um, Garoppolo gave him a shot at the end, missing that, throwing the pick. I don't know. I don't know. I just I I just think that you know that yeah they they easily could come into Green Bay and win, but I think the deficiency at quarterback is going to cost them, and it's a yep. shame. I feel you like might very well be right. Picks for a guy, just play him. Splint. Plus, you mortgage plus he's injured, you know? He's got a right shoulder and yeah, a right thumb. I he's mean, injured. Yeah, that's that's really tough. Um, you know, uh, this afternoon, D'Amico Ryan's the defensive coordinator. He described Green Bay. He said they're a well, well-oiled machine, those guys are. They're very efficient in what they do. Uh, they're just very efficient. They take care of the ball. Um, and then he said, uh, no, that was it. The thing I would say, you know, Rodgers hasn't had a turnover in like forever. Shit happens in playoff games, Tyler. We've seen it six times at Lambeau Field in 20 years, you know. Stuff happens. I mean, the game we're going to get into eight years ago, Rodgers had a really a weak first half, and they could never overcome it. He'd come off a collarbone, true, but he had played a week in Chicago. So stuff happens, and I wouldn't want to be counting on – this highly efficient, well-oiled machine for Green Bay to just continue as is into these playoffs. Home home or no home, fans or no fans, weather or no weather. This is a good ball club, and they've been around. They're a really experienced team, too. All right, T, good point on Garoppolo. Let's go on the receivers, okay? And in cases here, I'm going to give you the Wonderlick test on these guys. Why? I'm trying to give the, the listeners here, our, our subscribers, as much as what 
a pro personnel department would be giving to the coaches and, and players uh, on that the team they, they work for. And that's part of the deal. Um, it, it tells you about a player's intelligence. The NFL average is 19. It's not the be all and end all, but it's a fact that everybody looks at. Take it however you want it, but I'm going to be giving it to you in a lot of cases. All right, the receivers. Um, Samuel's going to play both. You know, he's, he's 5'11". He ran 4'4'4". 18 Wonderlick, 39 vertical. He's quick. He's strong. He's thick. Uh, they didn't even use him in the backfield in that last game. He carried two times for no yards, caught five for 52 in that September 26 meeting. So he's a stud of all studs. Brandon Ayuk, 5'11 and a half, Wonderlick, 23. He ran 4'5'3 coming out. He's not a great player, but he's uh, he's a good player, and he can take it to the house. Um Guy who's really interesting is Jawan Jennings, you know, a seventh round pick from Oregon. He's 6'3, 220. He only ran 4'6, 7. That's why he fell so far. But the guy has done a lot of damage in, in games in the red zone and on uh, third down. And he's a big, big body. And that would be a problem if Shannon Sullivan is matched on him in, in third down. And then uh, Trent Sherfield is a free agent. Uh, he's hung around. He's 6'2, 203, ran 4'4, 7. Okay, tight ends, George Kittle. Um, Kittle's really something, isn't he, T? He's 6'4", 249, ran 455. Wonderlick, 35. Plays like it. His broad jump was 11-0. That's a fantastic number for a tight end. He was raw coming out of Iowa, but he's, he's tenacious. He's tough. He's a heck of a player. And, um, you know, he didn't do anything against Dallas. They didn't go to him. There's a lot of bracket coverage against the guy, but he's a pretty awesome player. Their backup is Charlie Werner. Um, I saw him do some pretty good blocking against the Cowboys. Um, he's really just a guy. All right, the old line. Trent Williams, the great one. Uh, top five pick from uh, the Redskins, right, Tyler? Yeah. Um, he's had some injury problems, but he's okay. Played all the way in Dallas. He is uh, six four and a half. He was three fourteen coming out. He ran four eight four. Wonderlick of twenty two and a great vertical jump of thirty four and a half. Alex Mack, you know Alex from Buffalo, Tyler, uh, a first round pick in 09. He's a big center, six four three oh nine coming out. Ran five one seven. Huge hands, ten and three fourths. So he'll be up against uh, Kenny Clark. And Clark has did some damage against him in this first game. There's no doubt about it. He killed him for a running play that went for minus three. He kept walking people back. And I'm sure the 49ers are petrified at that Clark matchup. Mac is not as strong as he used to be. He can be a nasty guy. He was a wrestler in college, uh, high school or college. Um, 24 wonder lick on him. All right. The third veteran starter is Lakin Tomlinson. The old lion didn't make it in Detroit. But he's had a pretty good, like, four-year career here. Um, Tomlinson is uh, six three and a half, three nineteen coming out. Ran five two six with a twenty-three wonderlick. He's a pretty good player. Um, all right, now the right side. Uh, they lost Mike McGlinchey at midseason with a quad injury, out for the year. So they got Tom Compton. Wow, Tom Compton. He's been with the Bears. He's been with the Vikings. He's been with six teams. He's a sixth-round pick in 2012. He's a 10-year vet out of uh, where, South Dakota or something? What was it? Uh, yeah, South Dakota. 6'5", 313 coming out. Ran a good 505. 
31 on the Wonderlick. He's smart. 34 arms, pretty good. Um, he's a zone blocker, and that's what Kyle Shanahan sees in the guy. And um, he's feisty. He's pretty disciplined, and he, he was not bad against the Cowboys. The right guard, man, Daniel Brunskill. Again, Brunskill, undrafted out of San Diego State in 2017. Coming out, he was 6'5", only 270. He played center for the Aztecs. 28 on the Wonderlick, another smart offensive lineman. He was a walk-on there. Former tight end, and that's what he is. He's up to 300 now, the listed weight. He's a finesse player, um, but he's very light on his feet. So you see the Shanahan run game, you know, big difference from LaFleur. He does more misdirection and more pulling. I mean, he's doing gap scheme stuff all the time. It's you got people going this way and that way. It's going to be really tough on Chris Barnes and uh, Campbell to sort all this stuff out because they're, they're trying to do not only raw power, but confusion. And, you know, with Brunskill and Compton, these are not big players. They're not big, you know, big pedigree guys. And they have to kind of be moving on in angle block situations. And they just can't afford to go straight ahead and win. Um, that's the old line. So, you know, you lose McGlinchey. Um, they've had better guards in the past, but I don't know if Brunskill and Compton can hold up against Clark and Gary and that bunch and Lowry. We'll see. Okay, the quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. 6'2 on the nose. That's the same height as Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. He was 2'2'6 coming out. He ran 4'9'9". He's not real athletic. This year, he's got thirty long run of seven yards, so he's really not a threat to run. His Wonderlick scores, 24 on the first attempt, 29 on the second. Um, you know, in college at where? Eastern Illinois, right, Tyler? Yeah. His career record was 23 and 22. He was a, a successor to Tony Romo. There were the years between them. Um, he, he was a tough guy, Scout said. He's fast. Um, he had a really good release, and he was a leader. 30 and a half vert. So Garoppolo, he's got the right shoulder. He's got the right thumb. I personally kind of like him. I know people always go back to when he only threw the ball eight times in that NFC title. Was it a title game against Green Bay? Right. Yeah. Yep. But earlier that year, they beat the Packers 37 to eight out there. And I thought he played outstanding that night, I think it was. That's was the best probably I ever Yeah. I think that's the best I've ever seen Garoppolo. I don't think he's as bad as people do. I'm a little higher on him than you are, Tyler. And then Trey Lance will, they have no intention of playing him um, unless Garoppolo can't go. Okay, the running backs. The backs they used in that first game had 15 carries for 45 yards. So that would be Sermon, the rookie from Ohio State. I think he was a third round pick. And they played him because, as we mentioned, Raheem Mostert, Mostert went down in the first game. Then the rookie, um, Mitchell, was unavailable that night. And then little J. Michael uh, Hasty, the third back, he couldn't play. And Jeff Wilson couldn't play either. They were down to their fifth back. I mean, in this game against Dallas, they don't, they have no interest in Sermon. He hasn't done nothing. He was, uh, he was inactive. So they played against the fifth back, and the Packers dominated. All right, now let's look what they're going to see. And um, what's his name? Samuel didn't even hardly play in the backfield that night. Two for zero. 
all right, we know about Samuel. I mean, the guy's a stud. I mean, he, he comes around the corner. He runs inside. He's hard to knock down. He is He's a football playing Jesse. Remember that line, T? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Elijah Mitchell from uh, Louisiana Lafayette, I think it is. Five. He's a sixth-round pick. Six. I think it's just Louisiana, right? Or is there a difference? Yeah. That's the new name. It used to be Lafayette, and then another one was Monroe. But I don't know what La- La- Louisiana is anymore. Huh. It's one of the two. So they dropped the Lafayette. Yeah. Right. Interesting. I don't know how I feel about that. Hmm. Know your colleges, T. Come on, that's your uh, FCS yeah. stuff. I know. I'm ashamed. I'm a big Coastal yep. Carolina guy, obviously. <laughs> All right, Mitchell, 5'10", 201. He ran four three nine. I remember I saw him playing that bowl game last year, and he was pretty impressive. All right, ten on the Wonderlick. Ten eight was the best broad jump jump among all the backs. He was my number 15 running back uh, last year. So Shanahan gets him, plugs him in, and he's got 963 yards and a 4.7 average. It's pretty good back, T. I'm yeah. not saying he's Raheem Mostert, but he ain't bad. He's not Frank Gore, but he's not bad. All right, next, it was Jamichael Hasty. He's a little guy. He was a free agent two years ago, undrafted, 5'8", 205. He didn't, he's not fast, 4'5", 7", 20 on the Wonderlick. His 20-yard shuttle was 4.03. It led all the backs. I kind of like the guy. He's a, a tough little bugger. You can't really see him. He's not bad. <laughs> Jeff Wilson has had some 100-yard. <laughs> um, Jeff Wilson has had a couple awesome moments over the years, touchdowns and 100-yard days. Wilson, a free agent in 18, undrafted again. These are all unheard of backs. Six foot 208. He only ran 4.6 flat. 13 on the Wonderlick. And then, uh, okay, Sermon's out of the picture. All right, now let's go to the fullback. Kyle Juszczyk. Whew. He's the guy that LaFleur really would love to have. Juszczyk is fourth-round pick in 2013. He's a nine-year vet. 6'1 and a half, 248 coming out, ran 4'7'2". Um, he's the first player to make it from Harvard since Ryan Fitzpatrick in 05. 31 on the Wonderlick. He's a really good player. I mean, they do all the things they'd love to do with Degora, but he's just not that athletic or smart or whatever. You know, he's just not that agile, light on his feet. Juszczyk, how many balls did he caught? He was targeted 38 times. He caught 30. Samuel, by the way, was targeted 121. Kittle, 94. Ayuk, 84. Jennings, 38. Drop passes, according to Pro Football Reference, Samuel had 10. That's a problem. Five for Jennings. Juszczyk, zero. He's all over the formation. He's a hell of a blocker, and he's a good player. So that's really the OT. I don't know where they ranked. Um, We saw what they did against Dallas. They were good in the first half. Then they started just hanging on. How do you see that OT? You know, Debo Samuel, he's got to be a – when you all running backs, all receivers, just straight up weapons in the NFL, top five this year, maybe he might be. Maybe, yeah. man. When you just eyeball a game and you know statistics aside, I mean, he just he's just different. He's different. I was just rewatching his touchdown while you were uh, breaking him down against Dallas, and it's 
I mean, for a wide receiver, I mean, he strings it out wide. Dallas washes down. He plants his foot, shimmies up, pauses again, races to the end zone. He's pound for pound. He's tough. Um, he's going to be a problem. Don't be a problem. Yeah. You're right. They didn't face him. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't the, the Debo Samuel we see now earlier in the season. It's, it's going to be tough to prepare for him and those linebackers, Hey, Devondre Campbell, right. All pro. Um, He's going to be tested. All of those linebackers will be tested. So with all that misdirection that you noted, that's what they love to do. And uh, I, I think it's just going to really come down to it. And so, oh my God, I sound like every color commentator before a game turnovers. It's going to come, but it's true. It's going to come down to batting the ball out of Jimmy Garoppolo's hand. I can just see Kenny Clark or somebody just dinging him at the right moment to force it to yeah. over. And that, I don't think they're going to stop San Francisco's run game. I really don't. And um, when they load up to stop it, Garoppolo is good enough to hit a, hit a pass or two downfield at, but you know that he's susceptible to that turnover. You just know it if you're Green Bay. And I guess I would take Green Bay in this game because I think Garoppolo is bound to make that mistake. And Green mm-hmm. Bay is bound to force it. It's, I mean, it's the obvious point, but Tyler, it's, it is the point and it can't be overemphasized enough. You're right. Um, all right. In that first game, let me look at the footballs. Green Bay, I gave them a four and a half. Receivers, four and a half. O-line, four and a half. QB, four and a half. Running backs, four. On the D, D-line, four and a half. Linebackers, three and a half. DBs, three. Kickers, five. Crosby had a, won the game at the end with, from 51. Special teams, two and a half. Okay. Stars of the week, Crosby, one. Nyman, two. The J is silent. It's Nyman. Mm. Yash, Nyman. And Aaron Rodgers was three. All right, let's go to the D. Real quick, I think their D is uh, yeah. how often does Kyle Shanahan think about not drafting Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, and taking Solomon Thomas in his first draft? You think oh, that's yeah. just that's just got to be on his mind all the time, right? Yeah, Solomon Thomas, he's playing for Raiders. He was in who oh, the, the Raiders. Raiders, yeah, he never really done anything. Nope, all Great. right. Great person to talk to. We 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 did stuff for him here at the site, talking about mental health, and he's so open with everything he's been through. I mean, he when his mm. sister co- committed suicide, he entered this dark place and had dark thoughts and was having similar thoughts. He admitted in our conversation that John Lynch basically saved his life in the cafeteria. So really, he's a oh my god, yeah, he got him a therapist and he he kind of turned it around, but um. Yeah, on the field. Uh, that's that's uh, a pick they would like to have back, but thank, thankfully he's doing a lot of good in the world, that's for sure. All right, I'm sorry. Go right ahead, Bob. Okay, so and let's let's not. I I got to mention this. Green Bay had 14 and a half pressures in this game. In some cases, they really kind of over overran that 49er offense. Kenny Clark had a team high five. Rashawn Gary had three and a half and Preston, Preston Smith had two. Uh, I don't think 49ers can handle that again. They're going to get beat if they allow 14 and a half pressures. The sacks were like three, I think for green Bay. Is that right? One, two, four sacks. Okay. Um, 
All right, is Nick Boza going to play? Um, D'Amico Ryan said today, this afternoon, he said regarding Boza, he says. <laughs> Just make it up, Bob. Well, I can't find it. He said he was looking good, if I remember. Oh, here we go. He's come along well going through the NFL protocol, and hopefully he'll be fine by the end of the week. Definitely need him out there. All right. Um, I'm going to start out with this on the D-line. I don't even know how to pronounce this name. Chris Kosurik or Kokarik. I'm not sure. Oh, but yeah. This guy's your D-line coach. He's a fantastic coach. He was with the Lions under Jim Schwartz with that wide nine stuff. And those players are in, those rushers are in that four-point stance. He is a fantastic coach. He learned from Jim Washburn, one of the greats of all time over in Detroit. And now he's with Shanahan. He had a stop in between somewhere. I've seen that guy. I've watched this guy for well over a decade. And when I saw that line, get after Dallas, that it was him, man. And they lose Boza. And they got all these people just going crazy. Ekabom and Willis and Omenahu and Arden Key. Holy shit. I mean, they just they just got after a, a good offensive line. So, all right. So let's start with Boza. Uh, six, three and a half, 267, ran 4'8 flat coming out. Biggest hands at that position in the draft, 10 and three quarter, 10 and three quarter hands, 33 arm. He had 29 on the bench. That was the best at his position. Very aggressive, big motor. He was a third-year junior coming out. Um, he missed another game against Green Bay. I can't remember. A couple of years ago, he missed a game because of injury. So, I don't know. I mean, if Billy Turner is back, Bakhtiari is out there, whoever it is, you all got a problem against Nick, Nick Boza. The guy is uh, he's nasty. He can... Let's use the cliche wreck again. <laughs> I like it. I'll allow That's it. A, another cliche. He checks all the boxes. <laughs> <laughs> checks them Okay. Off. The other end, it was Eric Armstead, but then he had to move inside when, they, when injury struck. So, uh, so now when Kinlaw, the top 12 pick or something, he went out with a busted uh, with a damaged knee mid early in the season, about five games in. So Air Armstead moved outside. All right, inside. Armstead is a 6'7 guy. Uh, he is... Armstead, where are you? Bear with me. Got it. 6'7, 290, 5.0. First round pick in 2015, 26 on the wonder like He's a bender. He can anchor for a big guy. He's got big hands, 10 and a half. The guy's playing really well inside. And 49ers, or the Cowboys run game, didn't go anywhere, really. And a big reason was that this tall Armstead was hanging in against Zach Martin and, um, and doing damage against Beatus, the center, and the left guard, Connor uh, Williams, who was overmatched. Um, all right, their third, the other tackle, DJ Jones. Whew. He gave um, Corey Lindsley holy fits in one of those 2019 games, and I'll never forget that. DJ Jones came out of Ole Miss in 2017. He's a sixth-round pick. 
sawed off, six foot, one half inch, 316, ran 503. He plays like it. Uh, big hands, 10 and a quarter, 18 on the Wonderlick. He's a leverage guy, but he moves well. And he is really quick. Man, I was so impressed with this guy uh, Saturday, Sunday night, whatever the heck it was. All those games run together now. But Jones is a real player. Ask Corey Lindsley. He was injured. I think he missed one of the games recently, last year or something. He's a good player. All right, they got Kentavious Street, who uh, is a backup. Kentavious is uh, he's shorts. Again, like DJ Jones, he's 6'4", 6'2", 281, ran 488. He's a good point of attack player, even though he's undersized. Not a great rusher, 24 on the test. And then the guy that really impressed me was Kevin Givens from Penn State, a free agent in 19, 6'1 only, 284 coming out, ran 4'9", 32 on the bench. That led the position that year. It wasn't drafted. The guy looked quick again. I mean, he played well against the Cowboys. I was stunned. I mean, this is this the work of this Kosurik guy all the way. All right, let's look at outside. They Real lost. Quick. Yep. Sorry, Bob. I know you're on a heater. Kevin Gibbons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in high, he went to uh, high school with my cousin in Altoona. They were high school football teammates. Altoona, Pennsylvania. Yep. Incredibly close to uh, the Livermore fam. Um, yeah. Yeah. My, my dad's sister. Really? Yeah. Their family. I mean, I've met, I've met him a couple. Yeah. At the, at the Super Bowl, a couple, couple years ago, we finally did. Really? And, uh, oh yeah. We talked for like a half hour. It's unbelievably kind. Boy, that's <laughs> Just, neat. Yeah. Him and him and uh, my cousin, Troy. So a little wow. factoid of the day, but, uh, yeah, he's been he's been great. He's been playing and he's been making a huge difference. Yeah. He played, let me see now. In this game, he had only played like about well, I got it here. How many snaps did he played all year? He had played hmm, hello. Uh <laughs> 230 he had played, and in this game he played uh 22. Street played 21 off the Pines. Okay. Um, now let's go outside. So they lost D Ford. He's out. I can't remember what his injury was. Um, so they got Samson Ebukam, the former Ram. And Ebukam, fourth round pick in 2017. He's six one and a half, 240, ran 449. So he's got freakish speed, 39-inch vertical. You know, he's one of those kind of guys. He played okay in, in Los Angeles, but um, I don't know how he left there. Was that a free agent signing? Uh, it up here. Yeah, I think so. I don't know if it was street or unrestricted. Uh, I thought he was okay in that Dallas game, and he's a pretty good player. All right, the guy who really impressed was put a, put his hand down in that four-point stance, Jordan Willis. And he's flying off the edge. That's that kid from Kansas State who all the scouts love because of his big motor and all this stuff. He's acquired from the Jets in a trade last year. Six, three and a half, 255, four, five, six. Again, a 39-inch vert. Six, eight, five on the 20-yard shuttle. But he's got a high ankle sprain late in that game. 
And that's another problem the 49ers have. He was going four down and getting after it. He was impressive. Came uh, drafted by Cincinnati. Didn't make it there, but so I don't know if he's playing or not. And then Arden Key, the LSU talented guy, he was when it, when they had all their people in, in sub situations, he was lining up uh, inside with Armstead and Jones left the lineup, and then Bozen, Ebicom, or somebody else outside. All right, um, Key, third round pick in eighteen by the Raiders, six five two thirty eight, ran four eight nine. You know. He was a bust there, and he's playing better here. How much do they list him at? Uh, 240, so he's still light. 18 on the test. Uh, he's got a fast close, though. Mm-hmm. If he gets half a step on you, it's going to be over. He will finish, and he's athletic. So, And then they traded for Omenahu from Houston in early November. They gave up a sixth-round pick for this guy. And Omenahu had only played – 136 snaps all year. And then after they lost uh, Boza, he had to play extensively. He had 34 snaps. Again, I was impressed. And this is another athlete that Kosirik has coached well. He's 6'5 and a half, 280, ran 4'95, 36 inch arms. That's fantastic. And that's why he was drafted in the fifth round. He plays hard. That was the, not, the line on him coming out of college. Um, not real strong, but again, so even if if Boza and Willis don't play, they still got Ebicom, Key, Omenahu. That gives them at least three rushers. You know, they should have five. They could have three. They had D Ford. He's gone. I mean, I don't think even if Boza doesn't show, Kaserik will have the rest of those guys flying off the ball and playing. All right, let's go to the off the ball backers. Is Fred Warner going to play? I mean, he's one of the two or three best in the game, plays every snap. He was limited today on that ankle he suffered against uh, the Cowboys. Uh, He's an outstanding player. Let's check his numbers. He uh, 6'3 and a half. Boy, he's big. BYU, 235, ran 4'6'5. Wunderlich took it twice, 32 and 25, 38 and a half inch vert. You know He's not a real downhill crusher kind of guy. He's a space guy, an easy mover, plays tall in zone at six, three and a half. Kind of, I mean, you really got to like the guy. All right. On the outside, they got Aziz Al-Jahir and Dre Greenlaw. Generally only play one of them. Greenlaw has been hurt most of the year. He's back now. Greenlaw, <coughs> a fifth round pick in 2019. He's only 5'11 and a half, 234, ran 4'7'3, 16 on the test. Uh, Al Jahir at a uh, ACL his senior year, undrafted, only six feet, one half inch, 225, 23 on the test. Uh, those guys are okay. I mean, I don't think they're great players, but, um, but they're okay. All right, let's go to the secondary. So in that first game, Green Bay saw, well, Mosley did not play much that night. I don't have those stats right here. Um, I'm sorry, but, and he missed a lot of time. So the starters in a perfect world, they lost Jason Barrett in the first game. He was, he was going to start. So he, I think that was an ACL. So Barrett's out. All right. So let's look at Mosley, a free agent entered the league in 2018. 
He's 5'11", 190. He ran 4'4", 3", uh, 13. He's their best corner, number four. Um, I was impressed with him the other day. Um, he can challenge people. Can he cover uh, Devontae Adams? Who knows? Who can? But with help from a veteran pair of safeties, maybe they can control the damage somehow. Ambry Thomas, a rookie from Michigan, third-round pick. Now, he – He's questionable, too. He got hurt in this game with a knee, and he was limited on uh, Wednesday. Um, Thomas did not play in 2020. Third-round pick. Six foot, 191, ran 4-4 flat, 15 on the test, 38 vert. Uh, he played pretty good against the Cowboys, but he's only started a handful of games. If, if um, Mosley can't play, then it's Josh Norman, the, uh, the veteran. And he got exposed by the Packers in that first game. Um, they'd rather not ha have him on the field. And uh, K1 Williams is a really good nickel. <coughs> Been there eight years. He's only five, nine and a half, 183, ran 4.51. Good player. He's one of the better nickels in the league. Um, okay, let's go to the safeties. Jimmy Ward. Ward's been around. They drafted him in the first round in 2014. Five, 10 and a half. He was 195 coming out, ran 4.49. He's got some man coverability, 17 on the test, played cornerback uh, early in his career in college. Um, he's an aggressive player versus the run. He's a good safety. The strong safety is Jaquiski Tart, a second round pick in 2015. So these two guys have been there forever. Tart, six, he's a big guy. Classic strong, 6'1 219, ran 449, more straight line speed, can't really cover that well. Uh, 19 on the test. He early in his career, he was an intimidating hitter, agile, uh, sculpted body, looks great. And um Hafanga, the rookie from USC, is a guy who's their third safety. He's a run player all the way. He was limited with a knee. So that takes care of the defense, Tyler. Any thoughts on those guys? Josh Norman is such an interesting player to me. I mean, just so fascinating. If got to know him a, a few years back uh, for something at Bleach Report. I mean, he's that was in his heyday at his peak when he really wasn't holding back, talking about Des Bryant, the Cowboys, and wanting mm -hmm. to unleash all hell on the NFL. Um, there, there's still some of that in there, right? I mean, he has these deficiencies. I'm sure if he's in the game, Aaron Rodgers is going to throw the ball directly at Josh Norman. And what have we talked a lot about on this podcast? How Green Bay just does not fumble there. They don't turn the ball over and that wins them a lot of games. Well, Josh Norman, he, he's been on the field because he does force a turnover here and there still with San Francisco. He had a little run there where he was popping the ball loose every game. It seems so. I don't know if he's on the field I'm for better or worse. It's just worth watching him because something crazy could still happen with Josh Norman. He's got seven force fumbles. What? There you go. Seven force fumbles. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. That's why he's out there. Even though he struggles to cover, they know he could, he could just force a turnover at some point. <laughs> wow. This with the bills last year, the bills let him go. Really? Yeah. They could have used them too. They only um, got nine they... picks. Nine picks, Tyler. Right? They had one. They got in uh, 18 games, they got 10 picks, San Francisco. 
Pretty bad, huh? Yeah. So, all right, the special teams. Richard Hightower is the coach. Uh, they're not very good. So that probably won't hurt Green Bay. Robbie Gold is a really good kicker. How old is Robbie? 39. He was money against the uh, Cowboys. Regular season, 20 of 23, 39 of 40 on the PATs. Bears, Bears never should have got rid of him a long time ago, six, seven years ago. Which, uh, Mitch Wasnowski, the punter, um, he's okay. The return game, Benjamin now, the veteran Benjamin is now returning uh, punts. He's a 10-year veteran, T. 5'10", 172. He ran 4-3-3 coming out. And the kickoff returner, I didn't pay much attention to their return game, is uh, J. Michael Hasty, And uh, he's nothing special at all. So they've had problems. Uh, they've had problems on teams. They haven't had any punts blocked. They haven't blocked any. Um, they're not very good. And it's kind of like Bill Walsh was, they were just an afterthought during his reign out there and George Seifert. They're kind of like Green Bay. Special teams are a third-class citizen and they're going to live with it, you know. <laughs> it's not that they don't care about it, but they're not going to really care so much where they're going to keep one or two or three special teams guys to allow the special teams coach to look really good. That's the problem. Probably in Green Bay, they don't have very good personnel. Uh, I'm working on this NFC North team that's going to be up on our site here. I've been spending 10 days on that team. And, uh, yeah, Green Bay special teams were just trashed. I mean, they're just not very good. But like one guy said, he wouldn't blame Drayton, the coach. I mean, you're only as good as your players. And LaFleur and Goodikens don't really give them special teams guys. There's nobody on Green Bay that's really good as a special team player or is around the division. Even there's guys here and there that certainly are better core players than anybody Green Bay has to offer. All right, T, that's the end of the uh, special teams and that's the end of the report. So it's time for a prediction. Not me. (laughs) (laughs) You looked at me like I uh, just committed a murder there. Right through my soul here on Zoom. All right, so I picked the Niners to win the Super Bowl to start with, and so I got to hang with them. And I picked Green Bay to win the Super Bowl at midseason. So don't you got to go with your original pick? I think so. So yep. I guess uh, I San Francisco it is. <laughs> and I'll go Green Bay. And how about you, T? All right. Yep. Just have a hard time getting past the quarterback discrepancy. And I think it's going to be a close game. I'll say this, though. 49ers, one way or other, have just kind of owned Aaron Rodgers. Right? I mean, that age-old storyline of the team he wanted to go to, he's faced them plenty in the playoffs. And it hasn't worked out. So, I don't know. Maybe there's something there. All right, let's go Um, to your memory. Fire it up. All right, D. So, you know, they played, they played the Niners several times in the playoffs. And I went back, you know, there was the mud, mud game in 96, right? But that was 34 degrees at Lambeau, and they beat them 35 to 14. So that's, yeah. 
So I went to the game in 2013 when it was five degrees at kickoff. And um, this was a wild card game, January 5 of 2014. So that's eight years ago, the 2013 season. So, okay. Green Bay was, or excuse me, San Francisco was favored by three. They were the number five seed and they won by three, 23 to 20. Um, It was a five at four matchup. Green Bay had lost Rodgers for about half the season with a broken collarbone, suffered against the Bears, and they finished eight, seven, and one. He came back for the finale at Soldier Field, threw the final uh, six-pointer to Mr. Cobb, and they won it 33 to 28, right? Um, San Francisco now, after winning this game, they won at Carolina 23 to 10, and then they lost the Super Bowl to Seattle 23 to 17. That was Jim Harbaugh's, was that his final game? No, I think he had another year. Uh, By the way, Harbaugh against Mike McCarthy, he was 4-0. And he beat him four times in 16 months. So, okay. So this was just another disappointing game on on turf, uh, on the Packers' turf with brutal weather. And it didn't make any difference. Temperature is hovering around zero at the end when the veteran Phil Dawson made a 33-yard field goal as time expired. The crowd was 77-525, probably be 2,000 more now with that new south end zone down there, probably be 78-79 on Saturday night. Crowd's about the same. The great Ryan Pickett, old pick, A.T., what a guy, man. <laughs> He's great. His quote to me was, that's all she wrote. We couldn't get off the field. <laughs> that was my lead quote in that story. All right, so uh, the game's tied with five minutes, six seconds left, and the Niners start out at the 20. They need a field goal to win, right, T? And Colin Kaepernick, who's never been able to get a job for many a year, right, Tyler? He led them to five successive first downs when even one misstep would would have given Aaron Rodgers a final shot at victory. Um, they converted on third and 10, third and eight, and third and three. All right, so let's look at this final drive. Um, Green Bay lost Sam Shields on the second snap with a knee injury. They lost Mike Neal with a knee a few plays later. They came in almost totally healthy. So, all right, on the third play of this long drive, Kaepernick threw in the left for Anquan Bolden and Micah Hyde fell underneath the route, but dropped the pass. Micah Hyde, who made one of the greatest interceptions I've ever seen, right? Saturday night, Tyler. Hmm. Micah said, I don't think I'd ever drop it again. I had the flat. I was reading the quarterback and he threw it my way. Just dropped it. I've got to make that play. All right, so now it's uh, third and 10, and uh, Michael Crabtree caught a ball for 17 over by Jared Bush. Um, All right, two minutes remain, first down at the Green Bay 40. Finally, it reached third and eight. This time, Dom Capers took matters into his own hand. This is what he always did, Tyler. I don't know if Joe Barry will do this, but he sent a six-man blitz 
with AJ Hawk and the nickelback Jarrett Bush firing hard off the coming off the slot to Tepernick's blindside against Frank Gore. This was the play of the game, really. Bush's job was twofold harass, if not sack the quarterback, and not permit him to scramble around his end. And that was the offensive left, as you recall. He pump faked a Crabtree, and as Bush was leaping high to bat the pass, pulled the ball down and sprinted for 11 yards. Talked to Jarrett after that one. Jarrett said, my job is the back. I saw him getting ready to throw it, and so I got my hands up. It was a short drop, and he pulled it down and made a play. At the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Um, that was the play. I'm and, just rewatching it right now. Man, that re- I forgot about that. Still, the, uh, the 49ers were only at the 27, meaning it would be a treacherous 45-yard attempt. So then the run defense, which had 10 players milling around the box, really kind of gave up the ghost. Um, Frank Gore chewed out 12 yards in four straight carries for a first down. And just like that, here comes um, Phil Dawson to boot it home. B.J. Raji told me, it's like a knife in the heart. Dom called a heck of a game. I'm sorry we weren't able to execute. Green Bay never turned the ball over one time. They were adequate all night long. I looked, checked my uh, critique. Everybody got like three footballs. Um, Rodgers. He was outplayed by Kaepernick for the third consecutive time. He managed just 108, 188 yards of total offense compared to Kaepernick's 325. He started really slowly. Um, Vic Fangio, the D coordinator, played his safeties deep, and Rodgers was indecisive. Um, the first half he played, you could say, poorly, and it didn't happen. Here's what Rodgers said after the game. Even though they were 8-7-1, and one, he said, I thought there was something special about this year. I thought we'd make a run. It's disappointing. Rogers finished by saying special opportunities like these, you lose and you feel really down. These opportunities are special. This is an opportunity we let slip through our fingers. So they finished uh, eight, eight and one, and the Niners went to the Super Bowl and um, a horrible mental, mental mistake by Jared Bush, a drop inexpensive applicable drop pick by Micah Hyde and uh, you get beat overall. I gave green Bay three footballs. Yeah. You know what, what I remember most about that game is actually the next day, Bob, because if they had to play a football game the next day, do you remember how cold it was in Wisconsin? No, not at all. Really? You don't have the date handy there. Do you by chance? Oh yeah. I got the, I got our journal Sentinel. The date of the game was January five. 2014. I remember Florida State would have been Jameis Winston during the national championship. I went to a bar with uh, our buddy Justin Felder. We, we had to been the only people in the, the city of Green Bay out. Like it was, it was treacherous. I'm pulling it up right now, time and date weather, because I'm really interested. It was negative 19 was the low. No, the wind. temperature. That's wind chill. Okay. No, 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 no. Not it wasn't that. That was just the regular temperature. The it was. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember with the wind chill, it said like negative thirty something in my truck. Like we let our vehicles run for like a half hour before we could actually drive up. And I was just thinking, if they had to play a football game, then 
I mean, you're talking ice bowl territory then. Yeah. Worse. But it was really cold for the game. It really was. Wow. And yeah, that Micah Hyde interception that, that when that game comes to mind, that's the play that I think of that, that dropped pick that would have been six would have been game over. And then you see what he did. Maybe one of the best interceptions you'll see in your life when he picked off Mac Jones in this past week. So he uh, atoned for it with, with a new team. Green Bay probably should have hung on to him. Aaron Rodgers wasn't really right on all those players he mentioned in his uh, airing of grievances press conference back in July. He was actually wrong on more than he was right, but I, I think Hyde, Casey Hayward, those are a couple guys I probably should have kept around. Mm-hmm. Eddie Lacy, the big back in that game and those weather, he was 21 for 81, 3.9 with a long of eight. He's a lot like A.J. Dillon in this thing, isn't he? Yep. Um, Frank Gore was 20 for 66, but Kaepernick was seven for 98. So you don't have to worry about a quarterback's legs, Tyler. Garoppolo is a stationary guy, you know? The drive before that last Kaepernick field goal drive to Aaron Rodgers, uh, kind of tucked it and gained a couple yards on third and goal. He just, he would not throw it. He wouldn't throw it. He, they had a shot. I don't know if anybody was open. I can't remember that, but. This is a huge moment, a huge game for him. I mean, let's not forget how last season ended. I get it. The decision to kick the field goal, that's what everybody talked about. That third and goal before that, when he had a chance to run it in, um, and he didn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, these late, late in these playoff games, he hasn't been making the kind of plays that a player of his talent level should be making. I mean, he's got one Super Bowl. He's as good as yeah. he is. It's not enough, so he... He should be able to beat Jimmy Garoppolo at home in a playoff game. I think he does. Lots of pressure because everybody, they're thinking like you, Tyler, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Garoppolo's going to screw it up. Rodgers, they got everything going. They got all these guys coming back. I mean, just imagine how good they feel. But that can lull you into a sense of false security, you know? Oh, my God, we got this full locker room. Well, you can only line up with 46, you know. I mean, they got so much depth right now. But they got guys who haven't played. I mean, is Alexander going to be out there trying to tackle with a bad shoulder? Are you going to put him in the slot on early downs or something and ask him to tackle in that weather? Debo Samuel? And re-injure the shoulder? I don't know about that. Um, The 49ers, (laughs) they're a nasty bunch. You bring Dallas in there? I don't care if Mike McCarthy coached here or not. That team is a mess. I mean, they have, they are they're really talented, but they're going to be penalty ridden and Zach Dak's going to make mistakes. 49ers are a much tougher opponent than Dallas would have been. Don't you feel in this moment? Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think I think it's a it's a bad matchup. Um Green Bay hasn't done a good job against the run in in general lately. San Francisco no. wants to do. They're they're built for the weather. They're built for anything. I and they played them tough. That's the thing. I mean, granted, it was in their house, but San Francisco. I mean, they they could have should have won that game, and that was before the emergence of Debo Samuel as this do it all guy. Before Elijah Mitchell was, you know, a thousand yard back. Um, yeah, I'd be yeah. I'd be worried about this matchup if I was Green Bay for sure. You know what but else I, would worry I, me? I just keep coming back to the same point though. What's that, Bob? 
they played the Rams, a good Rams team. Oh, if Boza doesn't play, it's kind of like last year's divisional when Aaron Donald was nothing in his first half with the ribs, you know. Okay. Um, they played the Rams on uh, November 28th, and then they had it. Okay, so really since November 28th, that's the last time they played anybody any good. November 28th. Look at this. They played the Bears. That was at home. They're, t- they're terrible. They didn't have Khalil Mack or Hicks that night. Then they played Baltimore. Didn't have Lamar Jackson. They didn't have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 11 starters. They were a joke. They played the Browns. You got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, minus eight starters. I mean, Clowney didn't play. The two offensive linemen were COVIDed out. Three starters down in the old line. Okay. Then they played the Vikings, and they didn't have Kirk Cousins. Give me a break. They play Sean Mannion. And then they played the Lions, who had nine starters out. Okay, they didn't play their people, but they're down at halftime. They haven't played a worthy opponent since November 28. It's a long time. And they think they're just going to roll this ball out here now and be in midseason form against a nasty team that had to bring it six days ago. And they're probably pissed because the league is asking them to go on Saturday night cross country and not play on Sunday. They're probably mad about that. They haven't played a tough team since November 28th. Hmm. Well, you heard it here first. Bob is, he's offering the warning signs. It's its almost like if that, that Edmund Fitzgerald, before it set C, there had to have been a warning sign or two. But what if Boza doesn't play? Well. I, I picked the pack. Then Kevin Givens steps in and. <laughs> From El, near El, Altoona. Altoona, PA. Mm-hmm. All right, Bob, let's sign off. What do you say? Yep, that's good. Thanks a lot, everyone. We'll be back at you on Tuesday, huh? We'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening. And be on the lookout for Bob McGinn's NFC North extravaganza of a breakdown. There's nothing like it. And I may or may not have been in the great state of Wisconsin for a story. Um, We'll leave it at that. A little That's what I want to read coming up, Tyler. (laughs) That's what I want to read, buddy. Took a little trip back, Bob. Took a little trip. Okay. Thanks for listening, everyone.